0: Think you know where way it's going to go? Yeah. Make your bet at Sports Interaction, whether it's hockey, basketball, or... Baseball. Baseball's back! Spring training is happening right now. Uh, very excited for the Jays. Jose Batista going up on the uh, uh, ring of honor. Level of excellence. Ring so, of honor. Level of excellence. <laughs> this guy's a wrestling fan. Bet pre-game, live, in play, or, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all the sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Or in Ontario, download the app using the QR code that's on the screen right now. 19 plus, please play responsibly.
1: All right. So uh, this is uh, uh, nailing the apex on SDPN with Tim Haraney. Usually it's going to be Tim on his own, but Jesse and I had to join <laughs> him for this because obviously we're big fans and drive to survive this year is, is unbelievable. Episode one through 10. So we're doing three right now. And they, and this episode starts catching you up in Miami. You know, that was a big race on the calendar. Mm-hmm. You know, the fake yachts, which everybody was talking about. Um, Ferrari, This is the beginning of the Ferrari problems that were the ultimate undoing of Mattia Binotto, but obviously that comes later. Ferrari doesn't pit. Red Bull does during a safety car. We're stopping on fresher tires, and we start to see (coughs) that sort of really... um, That kind of then plays into Monaco, where they have the double... Oh, okay, box, box. Oh, no, no, wait. Stay out, stay out. Costing Charles Leclerc another... Uh, first place uh, in his home, you know he's
2: yeah, he's first, a Monagas citizen. Yeah, would have been. Uh, <coughs> I mean, that guy in Monaco has got so much bad luck. Like he like,
1: pole position the year before crashed the car.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like he didn't even start that race. Like it's it's been a disaster after disaster after disaster for him in Formula One racing at his home race and. 2022, like I thought that was the year he like, was going to win. It was going to happen, oh, and yeah. they brought in. Who was going to pa- How could you pass? You I remember pass. even like I remember even watching it, and I, I tweeted out like I'm like I'm like Ferrari is pitting Leclerc! Sure. I like, got <laughs> like, so like, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. I'm like. I'm like what? What? Yeah. I he, don't know. He
0: lets out like a
2: fuck. Yeah. on,
0: on the oh. On the radio, and you can just sense it in him. It was It was hard to watch. God. So before we,
1: because it then goes to Silverstone, but I want to yeah. talk about the Miami and Monaco snafus yeah. because those are the first times where you know people were like, "Hey, Mattia, like, not great," yeah. and he was like, "Well, I don't really think." You know, that's we yeah. don't know what could have happened if we did the other way. Yeah, was his excuse, and it and that's what it is. It's an excuse. Yeah. So when you're a driver and your teammates in, how does it how does a screw up like that happen at this level with Ferrari?
2: Strategic, right? I mean, how does that happen? There's just so much strategic, and I think like whether or the ins and the outs of why Ferrari does what Ferrari does, <laughs> nobody knows that answer, and it's just. It's uh, if you're a driver, it's extremely frustrating because sometimes you know better than they do about what you need. There actually were a few points within the season that I actually remember Carlos Sainz actually telling them like, hey, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. That's not what I need. This is what I need. And he was right. And I think when you're a a driver like Leclerc, who is uh, he listens and he does what he's he's told and i think that's you know getting the opportunity to get into formula one i think that's also knowing how fortunate you are to be in formula one
1: at ferrari at ferrari
2: i think knowing at that point where you are but at that moment in your career you know that you're now that number one and you're gonna have to do things that the team may not like but you're gonna have to do them so the team can get the win Right. And that's sometimes disobeying orders.
1: Right. And and so when that, when you've gotten, and again, the guy, not just Matea, but the other, the strategist, the race strategist is no longer in that position no. for Ferrari because of things like that. No. When you, when you were watching that, and, and I, again, you're watching that live and then you watch, you know, the reaction to it on Drive to Survive and your driver yourself. Um, what feeling, what do you feel?
2: Uh, questions. Just why because there's i always for for me when i see something like that i always assume that like okay they must know something that i don't or they're seeing something that i can't because they have all of this technology and i've got my laptop and a laptop a, and a feed <laughs> a feed and so sometimes you can feel the rhythm of the race though and you kind of can kind of see how the driver's driving style changes as the race starts to evolve and the tires start to kind of go away And you kind of see that the car is doing little tiny things differently than what it was doing before. And then you're kind of like, okay, these, and then you're looking at lap time, which is very helpful. And you're saying, okay, these tires don't look like they're going to hang on here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, maybe Mm -hmm. it's time to bring them in. But then there's times where you're like, wait a second. It doesn't look that bad. So
1: so what I didn't understand was, is the same person calling for uh, one driver to, pit or the other driver to pit or do they have two separate people calling pits pit stops for the drivers you
2: kind of have the the strategist the team principal your engineer and they all kind of have to talk communicate work together strategies kind of like hey we think this is the best uh we've looked at simulation data and this is the fastest way to victory or this is the fastest way to the end of the race so we need to do this we need to do this and then we need to do this and then for some weird reason sometimes like in that season ferrari sort of like tap danced around it, or they were improving through some of it, and you're just like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, yeah. I just, I, you don't know how it happens. No, at that and, and like blatant things, like at
0: Silverstone, when. Charles Leclerc should have pitted and put on new tires. He would he would have held off Hamilton. He probably would have won the race. And it seemed like Mattia cost him that by leaving him out there on the old tires, and
2: then by like also telling like Carlos Sainz, like, "Hey, you're you're gonna have to hold off." You know Lewis, Lewis Hamilton, and he's like, "No, he's I'm like, not, I'm not doing yeah, that. Why, yeah, why I'm would going you? for
0: the win? Wh- yeah, why would I do that when I have fresh tires and I can just go racing?
2: Yeah, like, and he
0: didn't, and he didn't listen. Like, he didn't sit there and try to hold off Hamilton. I like, don't know any driver who would. No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's and how you got the for formula them, One. for them to <laughs> make that decision and tell Charles and Carlos that. You know, they clearly seemed in over their head at moments where. I don't know if like everything's moving too fast or if they're getting too much information or what it is, but they're making decisions that just didn't make sense for the drivers.
2: Could, could also be, yeah, too much information, right? I mean, that's a that's a good point. I mean, it could be something- It's a, it's a problem of this age, right? You yeah. almost have too much to work with. But, but also it could have been, uh, and I don't know the internal you know, particulars at Ferrari, I'm assuming this, but it could also be that you have- you know so many different individuals that maybe that information is flowing through and then mm-hmm. they also have their own ideas as well as what they want to do and so they put it could their be something spin like on that it? and then maybe mm-hmm. it's just like hey no i agree with this i agree with this wait what do you say what do you say and instead of having just one individual who just focuses clearly on one thing one objective one job and then delivering on that one job mm-hmm. um, that that's probably what they're going to look more like this season I, th- I think. Yeah.
1: Well and so Jesse you bring up a really good point about Silverstone because in this episode obviously you see this is the second episode that uh, that mentions the crash with Joe Grand yep. U um, and I want to talk about the Halo technology that they improved oh, yeah. later on sure. um, but you know essentially what happens is you know you got the race start right off the bat George Russell and Joe get into that into that terrible accident uh, that involved a few other cars. I think there was a Williams mm-hmm. car in there yep, as well. And, Alex Alvin. Um, <clears throat> and then Verstappen loses engine power. He's in the middle of signs and Leclerc. Leclerc gets a second start at it. He has a great start. Yep. Verstappen's on him. Verstappen loses engine power. Esteban Ocon slows down. Uh, Sign says he's faster than Leclerc. And then the team order when they get when they get another when Ocon slows down and has to stop and they have to do you know behind they're behind a safety car all the cars come back together again and it's um, Carlos signs that pits Charles Leclerc that doesn't. And in third place you got Lewis Hamilton who's coming on strong in his home race.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I have never heard a team issue an order like not only are you going to stay behind the guy with worse tires than yeah. you, but stay 10 car lengths back. Yeah. Have you ever heard an no, order like that?
2: Never. Is that even possible to do? Uh it, it's hard because even if you're if you're on new tires, I mean it's like you <clears throat> as a driver you you want to be aggressive, you want to attack, and you want to go hunting. And if you have someone in front of you for position, you're going hunting, right? And it's kind of like, it's, it's really hard to like hold yourself back from actually going on attack mode and like going into, you know, preserve and protect. And it's like, well, wait a second here. Like, why am I, why would I be doing that? I can win this race right here yep. and open up a nice little gap and, you know, charles is on his own like i want to win a race here and get my confidence up Mm -hmm. i mean that's what got me into Formula 1 to begin with right that's like it's know, a mentality mentality yeah. right and that was so, his first career win right yes yeah, yeah. yeah Why, and, and they're
0: holding him back and telling him not to go for it and Adam I'm I'm disappointed you didn't mention the greatest part of the entire season which is <laughs> through goes Hamilton oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah that was that, was, oh, that, was, that was when we had oh, it was, was like seven yeah, yeah. car changes yeah. within the span of like a little <laughs> yeah. a couple meters oh, you know and yeah, yeah, through yeah. goes Hamilton that was a great call
1: unbelievable I get goosebumps Oh, awesome. I remember oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was one of the best moments. Yeah, me oh, yeah. too. I was
2: like, "This is an awesome this race." Oh, awesome. Yeah. I think the entire world, like, breathed. There was oh.
0: nobody was yeah. breathing at that moment. Yeah, and awesome. you just
1: want Bono to say, "You know, Lewis, it's hammer time. Like, like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's freaking go." Yeah, yeah. Um, And and you know, and that's that. This is what that is the magic of Formula One is yeah. things like that. But it didn't have to be magical. Mm. That race should have been clinical.
0: Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> that should have been boring. Charles should changed yes. tires in one. Yes, that's how that yeah. should ended. Yeah, there's no through goes Hamilton. There's it's it's Ferrari one two. Now mm-hmm. I found it fascinating, and I remember this getting a lot of play on social media. And I'm so glad they 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 used it. So Carlos wins, and Charles is pissed. Yep. Right, and I don't think he's mad at Carlos so much as no. like because he wouldn't have done this. He would have done the same thing. Yeah. Um, I think he's up, upset at the team. And you see this clip and this made the broadcast for Sky Sports. It yeah, it's <laughs> Mattia Bonotto saying whatever he said and I can't lip read in Italian because I think they were speaking Italian to each no other. No idea. But he 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 points points his finger a few times Charles finishes fourth and then, you know, puts his arm around him. And there are rumors that those two didn't get along and I wonder if That was the maybe beginning of the undoing of their relationship.
2: Yeah, it might have been, right? I mean, I think you, if you're Charles Leclerc, you had quite a few opportunities to not only extend your lead in the championship because he was leading this championship for for a little while, and you probably had a chance at maybe even winning this championship if, again, like we had mentioned in... Um, our other podcast if you make sure your reliability is strong and you win the sure, French Grand Prix and yeah you don't you know. have a driver mistake and then also your strategic department does their job yeah. and so there's these three things that kind of work together but then you've got Mattia Bonotto who's kind of like the head coach overseeing sort of everything and it's like I think there were moments where Mattia needed to be a little bit more forceful behind the scenes with uh with certain departments in terms of like strategy for instance like why wasn't there some sort of a restructuring or bringing in some help for for the for, for Anaki Rueda like why wasn't there something done there why like, and then on the other side of that you know he's going on television and basically just saying like oh you know we'll be better we'll we'll, we'll whatever not really telling us what exactly is going on here he has been at the team for so long, right? Yep. He's a, he was a team player. He's a team. He's a team guy. I, I'm I'm sad to see him go, to be perfectly honest with you, because I think he did a lot of good at that team. Like if I mean, we,
1: the, the the rise that they've had in the last few years. Well, if you
2: take a look, I remember when they they got uh, slapped because of whatever was going on with their their engine, and I think it was 2019. He comes in and has to sort of retool that engine department, get the power unit back up to a competitive level uh, a few seasons later, because they have a tough season. I believe it was 2020 and then 2021, they start to get a little bit better with things. And then 2022-
1: Has to get the right driver lineup. I mean, that right was a, right driver he also lineup. had to move on from two of the most popular Ferrari drivers ever, yep. Vettel and Raikkonen.
2: Yep, right? yeah, absolutely. So like, and that's the, that's the thing. I don't, like his job was difficult working at Ferrari is there is a ton of pressure. It's uh, I, I always kind of compare it to like the Maple Leafs, where it's like, yeah, you know, if you're if you're playing for the Maple Leafs or you're working for the Maple Leafs or you're the head coach of the Maple Leafs, a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure from the media, a lot of pressure from the fans because the fan base is so huge. Sort of, it's similar with Ferrari, where it's like there's a lot of pressure on team principals, a lot of pressure on the people who work, there's a lot of pressure on the drivers. Yeah,
0: it's a different kind of pressure because of how important the brand is. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm.
2: That too, right? And then you've got the Tifosi on top of that. You've got Like there's fans who hang outside of their factory, like just hanging out. Like there's oh, they just hang out. Just hang out. Like there's fans who (laughs) try to get on their um try try to get close to uh, the racetrack that they've got there just to take pictures. Like there's Mm -hmm. it's it Ferrari is huge in Italy. I cannot uh, you know stress that enough. Trust me, I think I think people
1: say that or they hear that and they go, oh yeah, well duh,
2: but I don't think you get it. Yeah. No. There is so much pressure on those guys. And, like, I like, you know, like we said in the other podcast, you know, I, I like the move of Frederick Vassour coming over. I don't necessarily like how they, you know, dismissed Mattia Bonotto or parted oh, yeah. ways, whatever they're calling it. Mm-hmm. I still think he would have served a purpose because, um, you know, I, in my opinion, he's a power unit engine guy. Like,
1: that's what he's his strength yeah, is. Yeah,
2: you don't want to get rid of that guy, right?
1: right? Well, they're paying him to sit on the sidelines for eighteen months, Man. so I'm sure somebody's going to be after him. <laughs> wow. But
0: if if you're Charles and Carlos, and like you have a boss, and at any job, and you question your boss's decision making, and your boss is making decisions that don't really benefit the work that you're doing. I understand their frustration with him, you know, mm-hmm. and understand their frustration with the entire team mm-hmm. if they're seeing things completely different than the actions that the drivers should be taking. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get their frustration. Mm-hmm. And you have to move on if nobody's getting along, you know, and you're not getting the results that you should be getting.
1: They pulled Charles out of Alfa Romeo after a year. One year in the sport, right? You know, or, sorry, not in the sport, but in the, you know, in at Ferrari. this level. Yeah. And, and put him in Ferrari car. That's pretty crazy. You know, he had Vettel there, but still. Is this a case of Ferrari backing the guy that they really believe in? Is this like the upper management? And I know this isn't really technically a part of this episode, but I mean, I mean since we're here.
2: That that's the thing, because like I always assumed that um Charles Leclerc was, you know, was their guy, but then when Carlos Science beat him in the points in twenty twenty-one um, I kind of was like, Ooh, I'm like, that's interesting. He's new to the team. And he just did that to Claire. That's fascinating. And then you see that Carlos struggled at the beginning of 2022, actually he really struggled, but then as the season progressed, he got incredibly strong and it's kind of like, I'm kind of my opinion. I, I don't know if they have a particular number one, just yet, just yet that being said. Leclerc's one lap pace, qualifying pace is in another league. It's the racing that needs a tiny bit of work and clean up a bit. But H-
1: had things gone the right way, he could have won the French Grand Prix and the Monaco Grand Prix in one year, which is a pretty big and deal. Silverstone. For a, and Silverstone for a, a guy from you know from Monaco though, like the home lot. Yeah, Mon- yeah. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, I do hope at, th- at least this year he gets it. For God's sakes, let him have Monica. <laughs> you know? Anyway, so that's, uh, that's a wrap on episode three. Let's move on to episode four.